0: Hey, Through Crosses family, welcome to the Going Deeper podcast. This is Pastor AJ. I oversee life groups and discipleship. And today we're going to be talking about the song Keep On by D Train in our summer playlist series. And we're going to be launching into Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 to 14. We got a very special guest with us today. And so with that, let's go deeper. Well, joining us today, you saw him on Sunday, is Pastor James Westbrook from Realm Church. Pastor James, welcome
1: to the podcast. Oh, so good to be here with you all. Having fun here.
0: It was so good to have you on Sunday. Thanks for coming out and uh, sharing the word with us. Oh, my Um, God. Just for people that might not know you um, listening I'm wondering if you could give us some information on on what you do. I know you're over at Realm Church in Oakland, Mm -hmm. and uh, Pastor Ryan also mentioned in his introduction that you're starting some church planning in the Bay Area. So uh, I want to give you the mic and give yourself a... Oh, Chance man. to introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, well, once again, I'm uh, so glad to be here with you all, AJ. And um, yeah, I'm the I'm one of those crazy guys that go out and, and start church plants, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wanting the Lord to just um, uh, be known. Uh, and so one of the best ways to do that is through uh, planning new works that would eventually have the legacy of a three crosses uh, across the Bay Area. And so um, I did that with Realm Church, and now the Lord, uh, through His um, mm-hmm. His providence, um, He has me now leading that work for North American Mission Board uh, throughout the Bay Area. So uh, we're we're happy. We're happy for that. Yeah, happy to see that.
0: And how's Rome Church going? How's everything over there? Oh,
1: we're we're so thankful. Uh, We're going strong. Actually, um, uh, our number two over there uh, grew up. In uh, uh, three crosses here, Um, uh, Carrie Kaufman. Shout out to Carrie to to the Kaufmans, and so uh, so glad to have some of that DNA uh, at Realm Church. But we're we're thankful. We're uh, moving and um, and now looking to plant another work um, uh, out of Realm. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. Shout out to the Kaufmans if you're listening. <laughs> How are you doing, Carrie? I see you in Cafe Four all the time. Carrie. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you brought us to Philippians 3 on Sunday. And so I wanted to start off, uh, one of the things we do in the podcast is just give some time to setting the context. So I wanted yeah. to ask if you could help set the stage for Philippians 3, both on a macro scale, like what's going on yeah. in the Church of Philippi? Like what's, what is this book all about? And then Obviously, Philippians 3 comes to us in the middle of the book of Philippians. So what has Paul been doing in Philippians 1 and 2 to set the stage for Mm -hmm. Philippians 3?
1: Oh, that's so good. Uh, Well, Paul has been actually rejoicing. Hmm. It's it's a book uh, that people typically theme as a a book of joy. Mm. And uh, though Paul is in prison right now, this is one of the prison epistles, um, uh, prison letters, Paul has been rejoicing because of the faith in the work of the church of Philippi. And, and so as he is recounting to them uh, his love for them and their love f- uh, for uh, for him, um, he's going to kind of lay out some things that he wants them to continue to have as a main ingredient in their faith. Uh, and and one of those, uh, those things that he's going to get to is this ideal of, of pressing, which we'll get to in a, in a moment. But he does have to also address an issue. What's the issue he has to address? In chapter 3, Paul has to address the issues of the Judaizers that show up all over the first uh, century. Mm-hmm. And those are those that were coming out of Judaism and saying that, hey, um, I, we love uh, we love this idea of Jesus, uh, but we're going to do a little remix to it. Grace, Too much grace is problematic. Let's continue to follow the law. Paul is going to address that issue. No, uh, don't do that. Someone has um, as any reason to brag based off of some type of uh, resume. It should be me. However, not going to do it. Anti-gospel. Uh, and then we roll into our context.
0: Yeah, it's great. Um, man, I love Philippians 2, right? That's oh, the, the, the key one, Philippians 2, 1 through 11. It's just, yeah. If you haven't memorized that, that's like a great <laughs> spot to memorize because it's just such a beautiful... Oh, song. And then, you know, looking at Acts 16 and how the church in Philippians or Philippi was founded. I think it's yeah. such, such an amazing book. And, and to think that Paul is rejoicing yeah. in this book is, is spectacular to think about. Convicting. Um, yeah. So you talked uh, briefly about the press of the Christian faith, the press being the key word. Yeah. And uh, a couple of things I identified as some possible hurdles. Hmm. Um, maybe on a spectrum, I'll, I'll see what you think here. Uh, on one side, maybe you have stagnation mm. where it's like nothing's happening. It feels like you're just in a rut, like things are going slow. Maybe like in the valley, you know, just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. And then on the other side, maybe overworking. And I think what you said was resume building. Mm. Um, you mm. kind of lumped in the circumcision party like, well, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing and trying to earn the favor of God. And it brings us to Philippians three and we'll start at verse four to six. I'll just read it for you, Those of you guys driving or doing chores right now. Mm. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. And so Paul goes on <laughs> to say like, okay, if you want to play this game, <laughs> right? of Like uh, resume building, let me give you my resume yeah. circumcised on the eighth day of the people <laughs> of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews mm. in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law mm. and faultless. Mm. And so I, one of the things I found fascinating was that uh, this isn't the only time that Paul kind of goes off on his resume. He he's, mm. does it in Second Corinthians. But the thing you said was underlying that there might be a sense of shame. Mm. And I found that to be pretty profound because I don't think we think about this concept of shame mm. very often, how that might become a motivator. I know we talk a lot about guilt. Um, we talk a lot about fear, mm. but then there's this like hidden one with shame. So I'm wondering if you could yeah. just give us some context of what do you think beh- is behind this motivation mm. to want to like build a resume for the Lord and just mm. have like this works, this desire to work, you know? Um, yeah this desire to put up a good front in front of the Lord.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I think that, that shame plays such a large part of this default that I think that we all have um, in our lives when it comes to um, understanding the gospel, applying the gospel, but kind of p- pressing, going through that cycle again, that oh, I forgot, and I have to kind of measure up. Um, and the, well, the distinction there between uh, guilt and, and shame is guilt uh, comes down to I did something wrong. The debt was incurred. I did something wrong. Uh, shame says that I am something wrong. I don't measure up. Something's wrong with me. And um, and so I think it's difficult sometimes for us to carry out this faith. Here, here's the thing. I think the, the gospel is actually so disarming. It's mm. so unnatural to just simply receive. My neighbor wants to do something to this day, my neighbor wants to do something for me. I'm either like, no, 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 thank you. I may even need it. No, thank you. Or yes, next time on me, next time I'll do something for you. Right. It has to be reciprocal. I have to give something back because it's just a part of that nature to perform, to owe, to pay, and but it doesn't work in the gospel. And so, so disarming. And so once you get to this part in in um Philippi as well as other places in the New Testament, you have these th- this party, the Judaizers, that just cannot it's, it's not that they don't believe in the resurrection. Right. It's not that they don't they don't appreciate the ministry of Jesus. Um, however, they don't properly understand it. Thus, they can appreciate it to its full uh, uh, to the full. They cannot bring themselves, and we cannot bring ourselves sometimes to really receive from mm-hmm. the Lord because of our, our our shame I have to do something mm. certainly I have to do I have to do something to earn this and it doesn't quite work. yeah so so that that's where yeah we can tease it out a little bit more
0: yeah and another comparison you made uh, in this press of the Christian faith was this identity of arrived identity mm. versus pressing identity and you drew that out from verses seven and nine which read, but whatever regains to me, mm. talking about his resume that he just listed off, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Mm. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider mm. them garbage that mm. I may gain Christ. Mm. And so you were talking about this, this coming to the realization that, you know, <laughs> everything is loss. Yeah. And it, it's such a hard passage to read. I think basically <laughs> based on what you were just saying, like it feels like I have to give something back. Yeah. And so I'm wondering when when you studied the Apostle Paul, hmm. um, how did somebody like him just come to this worldview? Because <laughs> I can imagine him working really hard to study, to, to become a Pharisee, to keep everything, and then he's coming here in prison, and he's just like.
1: It's all lost, like yeah. it's all nothing, yeah it's it's the Gospel of the lens, right Paul has this ability to see things for what they truly are versus mm. um the the false gold or fool's gold that sometimes comes with accolades and uh, resume building. Paul can literally and fully see it for what it is. I think Paul is humbled by his own the realizations of his own sin, who he who he was. Right. And what the Lord was doing uh, with them. And and someone who preaches so much on this disarming gospel, it would make sense that he would come to a place where he says that anything that I did where I can attach confidence to apart from Christ is nonsense. It mm-hmm. doesn't actually deliver. So so I think that can even play out in, re- in everyday life. Um, it's, it's hard not to um, send signals to the world that I've arrived, whether mm-hmm. that be through Um, hey, I'm gonna get into a lot of debt with this car and I can't afford it, but I gotta Mm -hmm. communicate to someone I don't even know that I've arrived. Mm -hmm. Or um, I have to um, uh, lead with this fact about myself that shows people that I've arrived, I'm someone. Paul says that at the end of the day, when you get done with that, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's not life-giving. And Paul sees something that surpasses, it's surpassing in worth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it comes down to. If there's not something there that you can contrast it to, hmm. then maybe this over here, the resume building, may actually seem like it's really what you should go after. Hmm. But after it's the difference between uh, I don't know, having a burger at uh, you know, a fast food joint right. and then going to one of these uh these other places that like specializes in special type of burgers, you know, like Ace right. Burgers, Oakland shout out. <laughs> It's like I can't. I'm sorry. This is loss over here mm. because this is surpassing right mm-hmm. here. This mm-hmm. I've experienced something so much greater that surpasses in worth. For Paul, he's experienced Jesus. Mm. It changes his taste buds for everything else. Mm. I think that we have to continue to go back to that. Mm. Lord, help me see your beatific your beautiful vision. Yeah, I think that this. Yeah,
0: one of the things we love to do on this podcast is. uh approach the text through the lens of a skeptic. And so uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we come it. up with some doubting questions <laughs> and some, uh, some hard hitting ones. Let's this go. one takes a, a bit of a theological turn. And so uh, one of the things you said was pressing, not mm. perfect. Mm. And this is actually the second time we've heard a phrase like that in this series alone. Mm. Um, Pastor Danny had mentioned something like present and progress not perfect, Mm. pressing, not perfect. So Mm. it seems like there's a theme over the course of these messages. But I wanted to point to uh, Philippians 3, verses 7 and 9, and then Mm. I'll ask you the question. Whatever were gains to me, we talked about that, I now consider loss. He's talking about all this loss. He picks it up in verse 9 and says, "Um, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that Mm. comes from the law, Mm. but that which is through faith in Christ, the Mm. righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And so the question coming out of this, and you touched on it a little bit ago, um, this idea that there's something wired in us that we want to like reciprocate mm. back to God. Yeah. And it, 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 uh, you made the point in the sermon, like as Christians, we believe that it's by faith alone, mm. by grace alone. Mm. Like there's nothing we can do to earn our righteousness. We can't work our way into heaven. And so a skeptic might approach that statement and say, well, since this gift is free, you don't have to do anything now, right? Mm. Like I'm not hold, held accountable to anything. Like I'm forgiven of all sins. So like, why can't I just coast through life and then live whatever kind of life I want? Mm. And yet when you read passages like this and what I think you were bringing out, it seems like Paul is like dedicated to what he's doing. Like he's working very hard. He's striving. He's, yeah. he's running the race he's talking about. And he's like... I can imagine like there's this work ethic in Paul that kind of gets hidden. Mm. And so I'm interested because it seems like one is saying like, you can't work. And then Paul is saying like, here I am working. Mm. And so where does work, Mm. uh, I know you mentioned striving, running the race, where does it fit into the picture and how can we do this well without falling into the trap where it feels like we're trying to earn something? Because I know in my life, I've, I've tried to strive after this and yet, Somehow along the road, I feel like I've ended up just working instead of uh, building a relationship with God. So I'm interested in where this relationship
1: is. Oh, man. I love this question, man. This is... (laughs) This is the meat and potatoes of theology here. But yeah. Let's let's go. Um, I I think that um, it comes down uh, to I think a helpful distinction uh, to make is um, rules and regulations versus um, um, relationship. Mm. Uh, that's I think is helpful because it asks the question Why are you doing this? Uh, for for Paul, he's this pressing, this effort, this straining. Uh, that you know, very vivid language. That's mm-hmm. sometimes hard for us in, uh, in a, at least in, in American uh, Christendom, to uh, Christianity rather, uh, to, to reconcile with ideals of grace free. Um, uh, I think part of the, the issue uh, here is that um, when Paul says that, hey, that God actually gives grace and it is free, actually believing that. And trusting mm-hmm. that, and understanding that, and the why behind it. Uh, so, so let me let me uh, point to a Romans. Um, mm-hmm. Paul anticipates that this will become a question. Right, right. Paul says that that hey, um, it's not on what you do, not on your by your work uh, that you have this grace and this mercy and this salvation. Uh, and then some people are going to inevitably say that. Well, then that means that I can sin. Um, that grace may abound. Right. The more I sin, the more I realize I need this grace, and so, but well, let me continue to sin. Paul says that certainly not, mm-hmm. uh, because for um, because in doing that, we actually make a mockery of the cro- of the cross. Mm-hmm. The straining that Paul is doing. Let me go back to the muscles that I said. Mm-hmm. It's it's not so much um, this working the biceps, lifting, and trying to produce something on your own. Mm. It's a a stretch. It's Mm -hmm. a reach. It's a relational modality. I'm moving towards the object of my faith, which is Christ himself. I'm not moving towards him to earn anything from him. I'm moving towards him because I love him. Mm. He's taken hold of me. And I want to take hold of that which he took hold of me for in the first place, Mm -hmm. which is the resurrection, which is to be with God forever, which is reconciliation and forgiveness. I want to take hold of that in this internal way, uh, which means that I want to be with him completely, fully. And so until my assignment is over, this work of obedience, Mm -hmm. it's not... Working to earn the grace, the grace is already there, but out of love myself, my love for the Lord, out of this obedience, I want to stretch and reach towards him. Mm-hmm. And and I will say that we don't always do this perfectly. Mm-hmm. We we don't always, um, sometimes we have lesser things that come in front of us and distract us from this love that the Lord offers. Um, but that's the work that Paul is doing here. He's wanting more people to know about this relationship, this God, and not earn more of their salvation. Uh, I think there's a lot more that can be said here, but but that's where I would at least start.
0: Yeah, I think uh, even from experience, like there's something in the heart, you know, like yeah. that you can almost tell when yeah. you've gotten into that spot. Yeah. And so like, is there anything that, you know, we can do? Maybe there's somebody out there that like feels like they're striving, but like mm. they might be completely missing it, you know? Like yeah. they might be missing the relationship. Is there any like gauge or meter that like yeah. we can, you know, do yeah. to like tell?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that I think this this idea of constant self um, self evaluation, mm. not to the point where uh, we are where we're thinking of self more, mm-hmm. um, um, uh, but this this helpful self evaluation to ask like, hey, why am I doing this? And I think that that check helps us to um, renew the wise in our life. Like when I go and sing, we um, um, go and sing worship for the worship leader. Am I doing this because I want to be seen? Am I doing this because I think if I don't, then somehow God is not going to love me anymore? Um, when the truth is, the gospel says that that, that God, uh, there's nothing that we can do that's going to make God love us any more, any less when we're yep. in the Lord. Um, but I think it's evaluating the, the wise. Am I doing this from a place of resting in the truth of the gospel that I am loved, that I am accepted, and and that is based on what Christ has already done that, that I'm in the faith or in the fold, if it's anything apart from that, um, then I would say that, Lord, help me to renew why I'm doing this um, so I can line more up with you. And then besides, the, the rest of it, it actually gets very exhausting trying to um, wear a mask, a performance, as opposed to resting in the grace of the Lord When what we're doing.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the images that stood out to me in your sermon was... Um, knowing the map that you're racing, you're talking about your running days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd be interested to, maybe that's a different podcast. Episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just understanding the map helps you understand like when you need to sprint, when you need to, you know, coast or whatever, when you need to pace yourself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the point you're trying to make is like when you understand the goal of yeah. the Christian faith, Yeah. like it just becomes all the more clear. And so I want to uh, pull from verses 10 and 11 here. Yeah. And Paul is saying, I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection Mm. and participation in his sufferings, Mm. becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And you implied that this is the goal of the Christian faith. This is what we're striving after. We're not striving after nothing. We're striving after something. And so I want to ask two questions about our goal. Because one, it seems like from the very opening, it says, "I want to know Christ." Mm. And so I, I was thinking about that a little bit, and I was like, "Man, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> what does it mean that the goal <laughs> of life is to know somebody?"
1: Yeah, I, I think for I think for Paul, I mean, for one, you, you go back to uh, the Book of John. That's the central theme of the Book of John. When you look at the um, at John uh, twenty one, um, that uh, to know Christ is to ha- is to know eternal life or to have eternal life. Right? <laughs> there's there's a knowing that actually results in this everlasting existence with the Lord where we worship him uh, not only adequately but accurately and I, I when we're looking at uh, Paul I want to know well and, and there is a degree in which Paul knows Christ. Paul uh, Jesus reveals himself uh, to to Paul. Right. Jesus speaks to Paul um on on a different occasion as 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 well, a couple of different occasions. and um and so you have the resurrected Lord revealed to Paul. but Paul is still saying after years of being a Christian, I want to know him. And I think what Paul is referring to is this complete knowing, Mm -hmm. to to not simply, as he refers to in 1 Corinthians, uh, or um, uh, the Corinthians, we'll just put it like that, Um, not to to simply look at um, this this vision of of this glory that's before us through a glass dimly lit, you know, that I can see it, I can experience a foretaste of it, but... We can't fully enjoy it until the coming age. And I think Paul is like, that's that's where I'm, I want to just, I just want to be with him. Right. I want to know him in such a way where there's nothing, no more veil, as Tozer would say. Remove all veils, everything's removed. And when I put off this, this flesh and put on the incorruptible, as Paul would say as well, uh, there's coming a time where I will fully know him. Um, and, and just even going back to this image of, of running, I mean, the image I, I thought about, a couple of images was one. Uh, yeah, this is not like Forrest Gump, you know. It, <laughs> you, you see he's Forrest Gump, the hallway. He, he's just running. Like, What's he running for? I'm just running. He yeah. just, you know, and then he gets to a point. Well, for most people, that would be pretty miserable. And guess what? He does actually get to a point where he stops. I you mean, know, he's yeah, like, yeah. Nah, I'm done. You know, that, that, <laughs> that's it. And and so that is, this is why it's important what Paul says that in front of him is the goal in front of him is the prize it's to fully have this Jesus and the share in his sufferings and the share in the power of his resurrection and Paul has already experienced that spiritually but there's coming a time where he's going to f- experience that fully mm. with glorified bodies Paul is he basically wants the fullness of what the Christian faith offers and what Christ has offered him and Jesus is in the front and. And it's like, if Jesus is not in front of that, it gets miserable. If my works and what I do is in front of that, it's miserable. If Jesus is in front and his grace and he's bidding me for it, come, Hmm. come. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I can get behind that. I can run uh blackish pasture tiburon i can run a little further you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep going keep, keep going, going. <laughs> uh,
0: the forest gump imagery now might be the yeah, one yeah. that stands out the most but, um, <laughs> yeah so intertwined in this verse of knowing christ is uh the second part of this the power of his resurrection mm-hmm. and snuck in there in yeah. paul fashion yeah. participation in his sufferings yes and thinking like this is like the goal it's like what participation (laughs) in sufferings what's going on here becoming like him in his death yeah i don't know about you but i think jesus died in a horrific way and so what is going on here and why is paul so set on the attainment of this resurrection through the participation of Mm. christ's suffering
1: yeah Paul is going to continue to refer back to Jesus' teachings in the gospel, right. and he's going to he's going to um, um, reiterate this theme throughout his epistles. This ideal or this correlation between um, sharing in Christ's glory also means sharing in his sufferings, hmm. which is to say that there are going to be times. Um, that you're going to suffer for the sake of the gospel. There's times where you have to give up things or people will give you up because of the belief in this this Jesus. And Paul wants he a part of his faith he understands that part of what it means to identify with this Jesus um, is to identify with every part of him. Which right. means that it's not just, um, you know, the blessings or not just simply the things that makes us feel good, like we will call, some of the philosophers will call the good life. Mm-hmm. Some of it actually means that I suffer. And he's actually saying that, like, like he's putting his his suffering where his mouth is, or his mouth is where his suffering is. He's in jail right now. Right. He's been beaten several times prior to this. And Paul would actually go on to be beheaded, as tradition says, um, as a result of proclaiming that faith. I don't necessarily foresee uh, that in, in in America right now, but we do have brothers and sisters all across the world mm-hmm. that knows what it means to suffer and sharing Christ's sufferings in this particular way. As a church plan, I'm working with guys that's coming over from different parts of the world and they have suffered in their bodies. But I think we also experience it here too. It just looks different, but we can experience suffering here as well. Paul understands what Jesus has talked about um, all too well and made all too clear that that's what it looks like to be a disciple and share in the sufferings of your your Lord. But he's able to do that because of what he also sneaks in there,
0: mm-hmm. the resurrection. The resurrection, right.
1: This is not it. I will one day have an incorruptible body. I will one day have this body that that uh, will not see decay, not experience pain, and not even have memory in any damaging way mm-hmm. of what I've experienced here. Because Why? The surpassing worth of Jesus, and the actuality that the resurrection will happen and we will be in different states uh, glorified states I'm about to start preaching again here but uh but but <laughs> there it is. The, yeah yeah that's um that's a great question yeah
0: yeah i think uh, suffering is a very interesting topic in mm-hmm. today's day and age because you know we've been told that hey life is about like feeling good and like mm-hmm. being comfortable uh, in your experience, like what has suffering brought to the table in terms of discipleship? And oh, how does that like bring us closer uh, to this goal?
1: Yeah, you know what? It's a difference between, you know, l- experiencing someone who has suffered in this life, and we all suffer. All humans suffer. Right. Every last one of us. We experience suffering. Some uh, experience sufferings in different degrees. Some, some uh, more severe. But we all experience suffering and loss and loneliness and pain. And... We, we, we know the difference because as we're talking, um, things seem and it feels, while you're talking with someone who's experienced much suffering, it feels heavier, dense, measured, um, perspective. There's a way in which suffering sanctifies us. There's a way in which it actually gives us clearer vision of what's in front of us um, that nothing else can. And um, and and which is why we don't necessarily go around saying that, Lord, please let me suffer. I want to suffer. But we may say that, Lord, I'm open, willing to suffer um, for mm-hmm. your name's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but we're not one to say that, hey, I like suffering. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that would be kind of odd. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Lord, if I should go through suffering, um, I say I rejoice because I know that in some unique way I'm able to identify with you as a disciple mm. uh, in ways that I I can't if I don't know what it means to suffer for your name your name's sake. It's right. a very powerful reality that I think our uh, some of our brothers and sisters across the world as well as right. uh, uh, many of us in, in the in the states that we experienced, and um, it just makes for a a weightier faith, I think, mm. and a greater. Faith in the Lord because of what He's brought us through. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The idea of suffering brings us to the last question: um, endurance. It's mm. uh, a word that you kept using, and uh, a theme that I picked up on. Uh, forgetting what is behind, yeah, and setting your eyes on things above. Setting yeah. your eyes on Christ. Setting your eyes on the goal. And yeah, really forgetting what is behind, learning from it, not dwelling on it. Mm. And that comes from the song of Keep On, right? Because <laughs> we got to right. mention it. That's uh, <laughs> right, D D-Train, D-Train. <laughs> <laughs> D-Train there. And uh, Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Yeah. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yeah. What a passage. Yeah. Um, my question here, to close this out, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, striving ahead, reaching out, um, mm. enduring, forgetting what's behind. And I can imagine people listening and saying, man, there's a lot here. Mm. Um how do I build up this endurance muscle, this reaching muscle that we're talking about? Not necessarily lifting, right? Yeah. but reaching? like how do how do we develop that reaching muscle? Um, how do we continue to endure? Maybe are there some, examples in your pastoral ministry that are like encouraging for us mm. uh, some things that you've seen, some things that you do personally, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh,
1: how do we continue to practice this idea yeah. of endurance? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you look at such a, a strong uh, verb of, of stretching and, um, you know, extending and even that idea of almost like a hyperextension, you know, in terms of just really reaching out there for um, and it's, I think it's supposed to paint a picture of the value of Jesus and mm. m- like, you know, if you picture like moving through a crowd in New York and, you know, Jesus is over here and you're just reaching through this crowd and getting through, um, uh, you know, that doesn't always look like discipline or always look like, um, you know, um, this idea of just, you know, of having everything in order. Sometimes it just looks like desperation. Mm. Like I want Jesus mm-hmm. and, um, I, I know that apart from him I am nothing. Paul says this explicitly, um, and, and so I think that the way um, that we we develop this muscle, uh, quote unquote, you know, sometimes it's just simply leading, leading with our with our weak foot, not our strong foot. Mm. You know, um, it's it's this endurance that is produced by the spirit. That's mm-hmm. the role of the spirit, by the way. The mm-hmm. role of the spirit is to sustain the the Christian, the believer, and bring them home. Um, and they're sealed by uh, by um, the Spirit into the day of redemption, and deliver us to this this Jesus while we're in this life. And I think often that looks messy. It's like, but you're falling for it into the Lord. Right. It's not so much a a, um, a strain that comes from self effort, but it is what the Lord has already given us that we may endure to the end. And is simply just trusting that Lord, I'm going to trust in you. And one of the best ways I I've, I haven't heard this before um, is that uh, I heard some uh, someone, a preacher, say once that, "Hey, if if anything ever gets in um, in the way or stands in the way, that says that, hey, you should have confidence in this thing, your ability, your pressing, your ability to strength, your ability." He says that 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 is uh, totally. A distraction from the gospel is always Jesus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. front, middle, end. It's just reaching towards Jesus, right. and and um, and lastly, I will say that if Jesus is not that image. It's like, Lord, help us when other things come into our life and other distractions, mm-hmm. whether that be political seasons or whether that be uh, even seasons of difficulty where the suffering itself and versus what it points to and who it points to in terms of his ability, God's ability to bring us through. Mm-hmm. If anything takes us away from this vision of Christ, Lord, help us. Spirit, help us. Remind us. And then put Jesus right back where he belongs or um, um, at least observe the reality of who he is and just continue to move forward. Toward him, and I think that's going to look and look like different things, um, you know. I, and let me just close on this. I know I've been talking here a while here, but um, in terms of just even my own uh, p- um, pastoral experience, uh, there's been time, especially during COVID and uh, you know civil un- unrest, you mm-hmm. know, um, that there's been times like, hey, it's probably just easier just not to be a pastor, right. <laughs> you right. know. Uh, uh, you know. However, it's in those moments I said, oh, I'm reminded in my moments of weakness. Oh, it wasn't me in the first place. It was you all, all along. And there's mm-hmm. times where you're going to realize that more than others, you know. So, anyway, that's what I got. That's yeah. all I got. Oh you man. Know? <laughs> that was great. That was great, man. Thank yeah. you
0: so much for for coming out and doing this podcast. I know you just preached, so uh, I appreciate you. And then uh, just a reminder that yeah, this is all about Jesus from hmm. beginning to middle to end, hmm. James. It's yeah. been an honor to have you on. Uh, it's my joy. a privilege to be in the ministry of the Bay Area mm-hmm. alongside of you and uh, the Lord. yeah hopefully see you soon AJ appreciate
1: you thanks a lot three calls.